This is the Talk of the Town. From Morgantown to Clarksburg, if it's happening, we're talking about it. Call the show toll-free at 1-800-765-8255. Now, here is your host for the Talk of the Town, Dave Wilson. Good morning. Welcome into the program. It is Talk of the Town. Hope your week's off to a nice start. Hope you had a nice Easter Passover weekend or just had a good weekend. 800-765-TALK is the phone number, 800-765-8255. 304-TALK-304, that is the text line. Yes, it is raining. Yes, it may snow overnight. And yes, if you are headed east on I-68 into the mountains, there's a possibility you could run into some winter weather up there. That should go without saying. But we probably need to say it anyway. Coming up this morning, we're going to talk to Fairmont Mayor Tom Manella. He is on his way to St. Albans today. He is taking part in a news conference later this morning, actually next hour, with uh, State Auditor J.B. McCuskey talking about Senate Bill 522, it, helping get rid of some of these dilapidated structures. They are a blight on communities. They are blight on municipalities. And uh, we've actually talked to Fairmont Mayor Tom Manella about it in the past. So we will discuss this morning. Uh, prior to that press conference with uh, State Auditor J.B. McCuskey coming up uh, in the 10 o'clock hour. Bottom of the hour, Metro News statewide correspondent Brad McElhenney will stop by. We'll check in with Brad. There is an agenda set for the special legislative session that will concur with the interim meetings later this week. Actually, it's uh, technically next week. They start on Sunday. Uh, we'll talk to Brad about that and circle back around to George Tanios as well. Your calls, texts, and tweets are always welcome at 800-765-TALK, 800-765-8255. That is the phone number and 304-TALK, 304, the text line. One of the things that came up during our conversation last week with Montague County Delegate Joe Statler was that there is ARPA funding available for the struggling emergency service agencies. Uh, Delegate Statler on this program a week ago telling us that uh, lawmakers plan to discuss the situation during the upcoming interim meetings. To quite frankly tell you, we have not got the answer yet. The governor did make $10 million available. Okay, so $10 million is available, and Delegate Statler went on to say that he wasn't quite ready to uh, unveil the plans on how that money is going to be used, but he did say that they have to address the long term before you can deal with the short term. That tells me, if I read... And it doesn't take much to read in between the lines. There's some major, major issues there. And when it comes to Monongalia County, the fact that Star City uh, Volunteer Fire Department had to suspend EMS services because of financial concerns, this isn't as if it's operating in, no offense to the examples, Boone County or McDowell County or uh, Mercer County, where the economy has dropped off, unemployment is high, Population is shrinking. Monongalia County is growing. Unemployment is low. The economy is pretty good compared to other parts of the state. And even then, in a community which should be able to support these types of services, they are feeling the financial crunch. And it's not just a financial problem. There are any bevy of issues that plague volunteer fire departments and volunteer EMS services. From regulations to restrictions to certifications to training that you need to keep up with. And these are problems that Delegate Statler said, you know, we've probably ignored for way too long. And now 
they are coming home to roost. My words, not necessarily his. But that is among the topics that will be discussed when lawmakers get together. But there seems to be a plan, um, although, again, Joe was not ready to roll that out or at least take the liberty of rolling that out. I would expect we'll hear something coming out of those inner meetings later this week. I uh, mentioned J.B. McCuskey's news conference. That comes up next hour. Uh, news conference is also scheduled, or no, J.B.'s is at 11 o'clock. At 10 o'clock this morning, that's next hour, uh, State Attorney General Patrick Morrissey will hold a news conference. News breaking this morning, there has been a settlement in the opioid trial. Uh, Johnson & Johnson agreeing to settle the case for $99 million, which will go to support local community efforts to seek meaningful progress in addressing the opioid crisis. You can read the story right now. Jeff Jenkins has it posted up over at the website. Go to WVMetroNews.com. As a part of the settlement, which is standard operating procedure, there is no admission of any wrongdoing. And there will be a press conference coming up at 10 o'clock this morning uh, with State Attorney General Patrick Morrissey. Of course, we will have that covered for you over at the website, WVMetroNews.com. Then at 11, State Auditor J.B. McCuskey well, at his news conference in St. Albans this morning, talking about Senate Bill 522. Uh, that has to do with dilapidated housing. And we're going to talk to Fairmont Mayor Tom Manella, who will join uh, several other mayors and uh, State Auditor J.B. McCuskey in St. Albans for that presser. We'll talk to him coming up about five minutes from now. Other headlines, Clarksburg woman facing charges after police found her overdosed with her infant by her side. Uh, the 25-year-old woman now facing charges. Sports over the weekend. Oklahoma State jumped out to an early lead down WVU 13-3. They take two of three for the Mountaineers in the weekend Big 12 baseball series. Pirates over 500. They beat the Nationals 5-4. Kyle Busch won the NASCAR Cup race on the dirt track at Bristol last night. Watch some of that. I watched some of that. Uh, way too late to stay up to watch, though. I could not stay. I got through stage two. I still don't quite like the stage system in nascar cup racing but i watched a little bit of it watched a little bit there did not see the end although i saw the highlights looking like a fantastic finish uh on the dirt track at bristol enjoyed having uh, daryl walter back in the booth since we're getting sidetracked on nascar for a minute or two enjoyed hearing him uh back in the nascar on fox booth last night all right those are some of your headlines again you can see jeff jenkins story it's posted up for you at wvmetronews.com uh, the State Attorney General Patrick Morrissey will hold a news conference coming up next hour to address a settlement in the opioid trial. A $99 million settlement will support uh, local community efforts to seek many meaningful progress in addressing the opioid crisis. Those are your headlines, WVMetroNews.com for more. On the other side of this break, we will chat with Fairmont Mayor Tom Manila. He'll join J.B. McCuskey and other mayors for a news conference in St. Albans. We'll talk about it coming up right after this. It is 9-13. We're off and running to start a new week here on Talk of the Town. Back in a moment. We're talking about your town. Now back to the Talk of the Town. Later this morning, State Auditor J.B. McCuskey will hold a news conference down in St. Albans. Uh, along with mayors from across the state to discuss Senate Bill, I said 522, it's 552, or 552, numbers are hard, uh, 
uh, which changes tax codes to help address dilapidated buildings. Among the mayors in attendance today will be Fairmont Mayor Tom Manella, and he joins us on Talk of the Town this morning. Uh, good morning, Mayor. Good morning, Dave. Hey, thanks for taking a few minutes. I know you're on your way to St. Albans this morning. What will this legislation do for the city of Fairmont? Well, this legislation is going to be good for all cities of all sizes because it's going to provide uh, funding that cities need to tear down dilapidated buildings. You know, there's things that city councils can do to help a city and, and things they can't do. And one thing they can do for sure is to clean up the city. Mm-hmm. And But that takes money. So this is going to help enormously with uh you know with that funding source to to make it easier for cities to get rid of these eyesore safety hazard buildings that we've all been plagued with for years and years i'm sure right up there on the top uh top five complaints you receive as a mayor or, or a member of city council uh potholes streets are always one that people like to complain about but I often hear, at least uh, you know, from this chair, Tom, you know, why can't they get rid of that old building? Why can't they get rid of that rundown house that nobody's uh, been in for two decades? Uh, do you hear that a lot? And and how do you reply to those uh, concerns? Well, you know, we've done we've had a pretty robust demolition program for the last couple of years in Fairmont, but there's still a lot of properties that need need uh, eradicated. And you think about somebody who lives in a neighborhood, somebody who still takes pride in their home, but right next door is a house that nobody's lived in for 50 years. The roof is down in the basement. Uh, maybe even too bad for the homeless people to, to squat there. But it's, uh, you know, there's rats and snakes and, and everything else there. It's a bad situation. And when that happens, the city is the only defense that that good neighbor has. So it's uh, it's a good feeling, and we've been doing it more and more in the city. This uh, city manager we have, Valerie Means, has, has uh, realized, you know, that the uh, how important demolition is, and she's sort of taken the bull by the horns and uh, empowered her staff to go out, identify these buildings, uh, to make people who are still financially able and, and still around to tear their own buildings down. And the properties that, that, you know, really they have ownership somewhere, probably between 20 heirs, most of who don't live around here anymore. Uh, you know, we've used city funds to tear those buildings down. And it's a, it's, you know, not only a, a safety issue, it's a fairness issue uh, for the people that, that live in these neighborhoods where these houses are. Talking to uh, Fairmont Mayor Tom Manila, and Tom, you, you buy with your eyes uh, is the old saying. So if you're looking at a property to buy, whether that's you know, for a single family home or if you're a potential business owner who's coming in uh, looking to locate, if you go into a community and you see a bunch of rundown houses or uh, blinded buildings that uh, are falling in on themselves, you're going to look at that and go, uh, you're going to think twice before you want to locate there. So there's certainly an economic development impact, too. Oh, for sure. 
Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And some of these houses, you know, most of them are, a lot of them, let's say, are, are tucked away in neighborhoods that don't get that much traffic. But some of them are, you know, on, on streets that, that do get traffic that, that have high exposure to people that uh, are coming into the city. And and uh, we've been, uh, you know, we, we did a, a batch of them here a month or two ago, 24 houses they the city tore down at the same time so you know and we're, and we're compiling another list right now uh, of of houses that uh that are going to be torn down and some some of these are buildings you know bigger than houses but uh i compliment the, the city staff uh ken fletcher and brian stewart and and people uh you know city manager and, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, legalities that need to be uh, taken care of before you can go in and, and tear these houses down. But this thing that uh, John McCuskey did, this bill that he got passed, it's really, it's, it's, it's monumental. It's something that's really going to help cities uh, of all sizes. You know, some of these smaller towns, they don't have the budget to be able to do this, Dave. And, mm-hmm. and this is going to help them. And... Uh, Going forward, you know, I, I'm sure that this is going to be a success and that, you know, more money will be put into the program as time goes on. And, uh, it, it's, you know, it's a, it's a good example of somebody like John McCuskey who recognized the problem and did something about it. He got this legislation passed. The governor signed it. It'll be in effect now, hopefully forever, and it's going to provide uh, – you know, a lot of uh, vacant lots for redevelopment where dilapidated uh, houses and buildings used to be. Had you spoke- so we're very happy about it. Fairmont Mayor Tom Manello joining us here on Talk of the Town. Had you spoken to uh, State Auditor McCuskey about the problem, and, and what did you tell him uh, was needed? Well, he and his staff were up here uh, during the legislature, and uh, during the legislative uh, session, and we met with them, and we they were in Clarksburg, Shinston, and Fairmont, and they went to uh, different locations. We took them to a house that was was being torn down, and uh, you know he's he's well aware of, of what the situation is with these houses. So yes, we've spoken we've spoken several times, and uh, you know I I'm just so so grateful that that he, you know, took this initiative to, to get this through the legislature, and this is going to be something that's going to go on and on, and uh, hopefully all cities will embrace this opportunity because there will be some money there that they didn't have before, thanks to J.B. McCuskey, and uh, they'll be able to get rid of some of these terrible buildings that have existed for, for years and years. Fairmont Mayor Tom Manella on his way to the news conference. That's coming up at 11 o'clock this morning uh, down in St. Albans. There will also be mayors from, uh, let's see, Barbersville, Parkersburg, St. Albans, obviously Vienna, uh, Nitro, Smithers uh, will be some of those in attendance today. Uh, Tom, how are, how's everything else going in Fairmont right now? No, everything's fine. Everything's good. You know, we just we haven't really uh, gotten our heads together about how we're going to spend our ARPA money yet. We're going to do that. Next Tuesday, we have a work session, but, uh, you know, we just approved the budget. We were able to give pay raises to employees, and, uh, 
you know, we're we're blessed in Fairmont right now with a city manager who who has a good vision as to what we need to do, and uh, I think she'll take us there. So, you know, things I think are pretty good in Fairmont. The, the streets are good. We you know, our user fee is taken care of of uh, paving the streets. We're getting ready for another paving cycle coming up in a couple of months, and uh, I think you know I think things are. Going very well. Can you, you might not know that from the from the uh, the stuff you see on Facebook from time to time. Uh, well, if it's on Facebook, it must yet. be real, right? If it's on Facebook, it oh, has to be true. Oh, yeah. that's the whole the entire internet. <laughs> yeah, everything on the internet. Hundred percent. You know that. Can, can you give us an idea of some of the projects or some of the things being considered for ARPA funding, or that might come up when you guys uh, get your heads together next week? Well, I'm sure that water pipes, sewer pipes, uh, storm water, something, you know, things like that will be, uh, you know, will, will be at the top of the list. Uh, they did a survey they put out to the, to the citizens of Fairmont where they think the money should be spent. And uh, it's pretty, you know, at the top of the list was homeless and mental mental health i don't know what we can do to make people not want to live on the street but i guess we'll talk about it you know there's mm-hmm. there's homeless people that you can help that are homeless and, and want to have a home and then there's the home free people who you could put them in a five-star hotel with three meals a day and free cable tv and they'd be back on the street so how the hell are you going to fix that? I, I don't know, and it, that just might be a problem that there is no solution to. But nobody's come up with one yet. But that was uh, that was on the list of of uh, ARPA funds, and you know we're I think I think broadband wise we're pretty good in Fairmont. We have Spectrum and and Comcast and Frontier, and I don't know that we need to spend money on broadband, but I don't know. We'll talk about it. There's some things out there that. Fairmont Mayor Tom Manello, that work session comes up next week. Uh, he'll be at the press conference with uh, State Auditor J.B. McCuskey about 90 minutes from now to talk about uh, the passage of uh, the bill regarding dilapidated buildings. Tom, safe travels. Appreciate the time this morning, and we'll check in again soon. Thanks for having me on. Good talking to you. Hey, anytime. Fair, uh, Fairmont. Mayor of Fairmont, Tom Manello, joining us on Talk of the Town this morning. On the road, too, headed to St. Albans for that news conference coming up. That's 11 o'clock uh, this morning with State Auditor J.B. McCuskey. Coming up, other side of the break, we'll talk to Metro News statewide correspondent Brad McElhenney. We'll check in on a couple of statewide stories, uh, including the agenda, or at least the tentative agenda, for the special session that will coincide with interim meetings coming up on um Inner meetings that will be coming up uh, starting next Sunday. We'll do that coming up as Talk of the Town continues here on WAJR. My timing's off. It's a Monday. It's a Monday. Leave me alone. I thought I hit it just right, and I looked up at the wrong clock. Hold on. Wait for the cue. It's coming. Now it's 930. 
Let's check in and get a news update with the Metro News Radio Network. Find out what's happening all across the great state of West Virginia. Join the conversation at 1-800-765-8255. This is the Talk of the Town. We'll check in with Brad McElhenney coming up about 10 minutes from now. Early voting for the May 10th primary election starts April 27th. That's next week. Tomorrow is the deadline to register to vote or change your voter registration. Uh, close the business tomorrow. Uh, you want to get that in. Deadline is tomorrow. Uh, We continue meeting some of the primary candidates and running for the Democratic Party's nomination in the House of Delegates 70th District is joining us on the program, Ron Fregale, this morning. Good morning, Ron. Good morning, Dave. Thanks for taking a few minutes, Ron, and I'll just give you an opportunity to start off with uh, who is Ron Fregale? Okay, well, first of all, thank you and the station for having us on the candidates, and uh, there's been really a lack of public forums at all uh, in the area because, I guess, because it's an off-year election. Mm. But anyway, I, uh, I'm a 22-year veteran of the uh, legislature, and I've not been there for eight years. I uh, decided to run again in the 7th because it's a new district, and um, it was uh, Harrison County. It was a four-delegate district, and, of course, it became four single delegates, four single districts uh, for this election and from now on. And uh, I thought that, uh, you know, I didn't see a lot of people that were interested in running, and uh, I thought my experience and uh, my knowledge of the legislative process would well represent the people of Harrison County. Now, what I represent is... uh, Essentially, the 70th is the uh, city of Clarksburg and Nutter Fort. Um, and that's it. It's a very small land district uh, uh, area. You know, it's, uh, it's one of the smaller districts, matter of fact, in the state. Uh, if you try to find it on the map, you can barely see it because it is just the city limits, like I said, of Clarksburg and Nutter Fort. But. Um, and that's okay because you know we, we certainly we have the same population as the other districts, but um, it's going to be a unique uh, set of people. It's uh, not any rural voters. Uh, it's not the uh, necessarily like the Farm Bureau and some of these other places that I've represented in the past, where I had all of Harrison County to represent. You know, about eighty thousand people. Now I'm down to about seventeen thousand. So it'll be a new experience for a lot of people, a lot of delegates, uh, representing just a, a much smaller area uh, land-wise and uh, population-wise also. So I feel I'm qualified, and I've been the Speaker Pro Tem of the House of Delegates uh, for six years, and uh, I've been on probably all the minor committees one time or another, and I serve primarily on education has been my uh, main goal. I'm a, I'm a former educator, and uh, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to going back to Charleston. Talking to Ron Fergale, he is one of the Democrats seeking the party's nomination in the uh, West Virginia House of Delegates' uh, 70th district in Harrison County. 
Uh, Ron, how does that change your approach uh, at the legislature to represent 17,000 people, at the, a, a smaller land area, same number of people, but a smaller land area versus um, almost all of Harrison County as you did before? How does that change your approach as a lawmaker? Well, I've been thinking about that uh and actually, I, I think uh, I'll have a lot more time and uh, uh, effort to put into, say, the cities of Clarksburg and Nutter Fort, because they'll be my primary areas. And I know, of course, both the mayors of those uh, uh, cities, and uh, I have worked with them before uh, in different uh, areas, and uh, I can focus my energy upon... Uh, their cities, because that's basically what I represent, and see what they need and uh, how I can help them, and also listen to their uh, concerns and needs. And uh, actually, I think it's going to be a little easier because, like I said, I won't have the whole county to represent. And uh, you know, sometimes you get uh, you can get yourself in a situation where you're um, you're, you're trying to represent uh, one area of the county. And maybe it's not exactly the best thing for the other areas of the county. So uh, I think uh, this will um, uh, kind of look forward to it. I think it'll be a, I think it's a good thing. Talking to Ron Fergale, running for the Democratic Party's nomination, West Virginia House Delegate, 70th District in Harrison County. Uh, as you've been out on the campaign trail and as you've just you know observed over the last eight years, what have you heard and what have you seen that is needed uh, for Clarksburg and the uh, Nutter Fort areas? Well, I think it, they're they're like most of West Virginia. We need some more economic uh, opportunities in terms of jobs and getting qualified people into those jobs. We're lucky because uh, you know right next to us is the uh, it's the 78th district, I believe, but it's Bridgeport. But of course, they have the FBI and uh, they have a lot going on in that district and. Uh, many of the people from my district uh, will uh, do work there, and uh, so the, the needs of those places will have to be, you know, taken into consideration also. But um, I, I think that uh, you know it's like every place else. We need uh, jobs. We need to uh, have a more, um, I think, realistic approach to some of our problems, and uh, and of course as we talk about things like, say, education. Uh, there are going to be education issues that are particular to us, but also to our schools in the 70th, but also at the same time, the people on the school board and, you know, our, our people that run the schools will have to, uh, they have to run the whole county. So, you know, they, they'll have some unique problems also. Ron, if you were to, A, win the primary and then B, win the general election, uh, you would, uh, I think it's a safe bet to say you'll at least be in the minority, probably a super minority, in the House of Delegates. So does that hamstring you at all, or do you still think you can be effective and work with the other side to get some meaningful legislation through? Well, I think I can. I think I can work. I still uh, know some people there, and I have friends there. Uh, just because someone is a Republican doesn't necessarily mean I'm, uh, I wasn't uh had a good relationship with them uh, in the past, and uh, many of my friends were Republicans. But uh, the thing is, uh, when I first got elected uh, to the House, 
I, I was, even though I was a Democrat, there were so few Republicans. The Democrat Party was kind of split between conservatives and what they called liberals, uh, for lack of another name. But, you know, uh, at that time, I was not always on the right side of all their issues because uh, they were so, uh, you know, to the right of, of things. Uh, these Democrats were. And um, many of them have run as Democrats only to get elected because that was what the state had. You know, we had a almost a two-to-one uh, ratio of Democrats to Republicans. So I've been on the outside before looking in, and um, some of the more successful things we we did would, would, would stop certain legislation that I didn't think was good for the state and you can do that as a minority. You can uh, make your voices heard. And, um, you know, I think uh, it, it's going to be very important for me and others to speak up a little bit, a little bit more than we have when we were in charge, because uh, now our ideas and our, our uh, opinions are going to matter. They may not matter to some of the Republicans when they're voting, but they'll matter to the public, and that's how you get of course, to the uh, politicians is uh, having public pressure on them and uh, people back home telling them what they want and, uh, you know, not just following a, a national kind of agenda. Ron Fagale running for the Democratic Party's nomination in the 70th House District. Ron, about a minute left here. Uh, why should folks put a check mark or, you know, click the button or whatever the electronic form is <laughs> these days? But uh, why should folks vote for Ron Fagale on Election Day? Well, Dave, I think uh, I offer them a, uh, a person who uh, knows the system, like I said, quite well. Uh, and I've been through uh, most things you can experience in the legislature on the, on the you know, majority side, on the other side. Uh, and uh, I know my way around. I, I know what to do, and I know what it takes to get bills passed and legislation uh, passed and stopped at times, and um, I, I think I'm by far the most qualified. Ron Fergale, one of the Democrats running for the House of Delegates 70th District nomination. Uh, his opponent, by the way, is Ryan Deems. He will join us coming up on uh, tomorrow's show. Ron, appreciate the time. Best of luck out on the campaign trail. And Dave, thank you for giving me this opportunity, and it's a good thing the station is doing there on uh, Talk to Town to uh, let candidates come on and speak, even though they may not be, you know, right in the Morgantown area. Uh, you know, we, we're all in this together. So uh, thank you again. Ron, anytime, buddy. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Coming up, Brad McElhenney back after this. Now back to the talk of the town. Brad McElhenney is our Metro News statewide correspondent, friend of the show. He's old enough to be called a friend of the show. He joins us for a few minutes this morning. Hey, Brad. FOTS, friend of the show. <laughs> hey, uh, by the way, uh, I want to make sure to mention if you didn't catch the beginning of the show, uh, West Virginia, the state has agreed to a $99 million settlement with Johnson & Johnson. Uh, subsidiary Janssen Pharmaceutical removing the company from the trial that's ended its third week in a Charleston courtroom. 
Uh, State Attorney General Patrick Morrissey will have a press conference coming up about 10 minutes from now. Jeff Jenkins has a story posted at WVMetroNews.com. Uh, we'll have the presser covered for you at 10 o'clock as well over at the website. So news breaking already, Brad, on a Monday morning here. Yes, I, I actually took a long weekend, so it was off a few days leading up to the weekend. And uh, everything is a surprise to me today, but it is good <laughs> that there are some wheels in motion to get back in the saddle. Hey, I just thought, uh, I don't know how much of that conversation uh, you heard that I just had with uh, Ron Fagale. He's one of the Democrats running for House of Delegates uh, 70th, 70th District nomination there, Clarksburg, Nutter Ford area, Brad. But he said something that I found really interesting, and he mentioned when he was in the legislature back in the, the 90s, early 2000s, that, you know, it was all Democrats. You know what? It was a two to one. I think Democrats had an edge uh, voter registration at the time. And he said at that time, there were barely any Republicans in the House or the Senate. And it was a matter of at that time, more center uh, conservative Democrats trying to agree with the more left liberal Democrats. And I found that interesting because it's a complete 180. Now it's a Republican supermajority and it's a matter of getting center-right Republicans to agree with more far-right conservative Republicans. Just found that comment to be interesting, an interesting illustration of the way the legislature has completely flipped in the matter of, you know, probably 10, 15 years here. That's all. Your thoughts? I think he's right. I think he's right. And, you know, I mean, to some degree, it's been the incentive structure for being elected and being able to participate in in substantial decisions about the state's direction so years ago if you wanted to really be involved in those discussions and and guide them you were a democrat uh now if you want to to be in the room you're a republican and you know there there are these fights skirmishes within the republicans in power at the state level about who truly is a republican and uh, who's a rhino? <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's that's not a word I, I would use to describe anybody, but, but there, there are sort of intramural battles um, among political figures that, that do use that term and, and try to sort of draw the line on on who's a Republican and who's not, um, you know, and, and you've you've still got a continuing flow of people who used to be Democrats who are, are for whatever reason moving over to the other side and, and saying that they are Republicans. And, and then you get some distrust among uh, the Republicans who've already been there. So it, it's an interesting thing to watch, um, particularly as, you know, as the, the primaries, um, mm -hmm. unfortunately it used to be a lot of these races were decided in primary season in the Democratic primary, uh, now some of them are being settled as Republican primaries. Who is who's really going to win that seat? Talking to Metro News statewide correspondent Brad McElhinney. Speaking of uh, legislators, they'll be getting together for interim meetings starting next Sunday. There's a special session. Should be one day. There's no gas tax uh, holiday on the agenda. Looks pretty straightforward, Brad. Your thoughts? I, I think it does, too. Uh, the one big big-ish thing that's on the agenda is Governor Justice, with legislative support, wanted to establish a fund, so it was legislation that would make the fund, for, for millions of dollars meant to support 
economic development in West Virginia. So to, to go to support companies that want to, to build, grow, expand in the state. Uh, but there were some technical problems with, with the bill and the governor vetoed it for those technical problems. I don't think it's going to be controversial. Um, I think everyone agrees that it's going to pass. And as you alluded to the upcoming election, I think the real incentive among legislators is not to stay and argue about stuff, but to get it done and then return to communities and campaign for the primary election. Metro News statewide correspondent Brad McElhenney back, ready to go and refreshed. Looking forward to a special session. Brad, appreciate the time, buddy. Looking forward. (laughs) Thanks, Dave. (laughs) Thank you. Coming up, we'll wrap it up next. We're talking about your town. Now back to the talk of the town. Just wanted to mention quickly, uh, over the weekend, actress Liz Sheridan passed away at the age of 93. Who is that, you may ask? We probably know her better as Helen Seinfeld. She played uh, Jerry Seinfeld's mother on the hit uh, TV series. And, of course, I know many of you in this audience are uh, Seinfeld fans, as I am. Because I read the text messages all the time. But uh, Liz Sheridan passing away at the age of 93 uh, Friday morning. She was also, what, made several dozen? Was it several dozen? She was an ALF. I, I do remember her in ALF vaguely, but uh, certainly as Jerry's mother in Seinfeld. And we just lost uh, Stell Harris, who played uh, George's mother recently as well. All right, that's going to do it for me today. Hoppy Kirchville is coming up next. J.B. McCuskey, state auditor, will be on. He'll talk about the same subject we spoke to Tom Manella about. We'll be back tomorrow morning at 9.06. Until then, have a great day, everyone. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.